Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. When I was in high school, I was no stranger to detention. I would like to tell anyone who's young who might be listening to this that detention is a horrible thing, and it is meant as a punishment. But from a social aspect, it does have its advantages, because when you are locked away in a room with people who've all done similar things, something wrong, a sort of camaraderie emerges, and say you happen to be someone who gets bullied a lot, well, detention could be a nightmare, because you could be locked in there with the very people who bully you. But, if you happen to wind up in the room for a completely separate reason, say, not because of a fight with your bully, but perhaps you are constantly late to school, who knows? You could wind up somehow getting a sort of grudging respect from the very people who bullied you, or at least from your fellow students who might not have respected you before. I guess adolescence is very complicated, especially relationships with your peer group. While we often had to remain pretty quiet in detention, it wasn't always like that, and sometimes we had a lot of fun joking, messing around, occasionally getting yelled at, and then you'd go home. It was like a social club at the end of school. Of course, I never had detention on the weekends, like the characters in the 1985 film The Breakfast Club. So I'm not sure how different that would have been, but I imagine if I could have brought a board game with me, maybe some D&D books, I could have made the most out of it. I'm not condoning a lifestyle that will get you in detention, but I have to say, it's not always the end of the world, and if you're in it, try to make the best of it, just like the characters in The Breakfast Club. So on today's show, I'm going to talk about the 1985 film The Breakfast Club. We'll talk about the cast, the people behind the camera, we'll talk about the plot, the locations, the music, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. The Breakfast Club is a 1985 dramedy written, produced, and directed by John Hughes. It stars Anthony Michael Hall, Emilio Estevez, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Judd Nelson, Paul Gleason, and John Kapalos. It is the story of five teenagers who are forced to spend a Saturday together. It is, to many, a quintessential 80s film. And if you are interested in getting an 80s entertainment education, The Breakfast Club definitely needs to be on your watch list. First, a little bit about the writer, director, producer. John Wilden Hughes Jr. was born in 1950, sadly passed away fairly young in 2009. 
He worked on some of the more memorable films of the 80s and 90s, including National Lampoon's Vacation, Weird Science, Sixteen Candles, The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and the Home Alone films, just to name a few. Hughes, when this film came about, wanted to direct it, but he was met with resistance to directing because he lacked any filmmaking experience. He would win investors over by talking about how low the budget of the film was and how simple the production should be. Principal Photography started on March 28, 1984, and it would go on till May of that year. It was filmed at Maine North High School in Des Plaines, Illinois. Now, I lived in Illinois near Des Plaines, and I'm still not sure that I've ever said it right, because I want to say it like Des Plaines, but I also want to say it like De Plaines, like Tattoo in Fantasy Island, De Plaines. I'm sure someone from Illinois will school me on this. Maine North High School closed in 1981. They would actually use some of it in John Hughes' film Ferris Bueller's Day Off as well, there's a great scene where one of the characters, John Bender, puts his fist in the air. It's a sort of defining 80s shot. That actually wasn't filmed there. It was instead filmed at Maine West's high school football field. Unfortunately, the library at Maine North was small, and so the crew built a set in the school's gymnasium. The actors would rehearse there for weeks before they shot the film, and then would film it in sequence to give it sort of a real dramatic feel. If you were to go visit this school today, it was repurposed as a police station. The title of the film comes from the nickname students gave to the detention at New Trier High School, which is where the son of John Hughes' friend went, and he heard about this. It has been conjectured that they got the name probably from a network entertainment show on radio that ran from 1933 to 1968 called The Breakfast Club. There was actually alternative titles proposed, including Library Revolution and The Lunch Bunch, I think The Lunch Bunch sort of sounds like a Disney film from the 60s. Wacky things are happening on The Lunch Bunch. After these messages, we'll be right back. It's a new morning, it's a good time for two new tastes, McDonald's kind. It's a fresh new breakfast made just for you. On buttermilk biscuits, hey, count them, there's two. Sausage and egg or bacon, egg and cheese. Topped with fresh egg, they're made to please. New breakfast biscuits, because it's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. Try a free sample size of our new bacon, egg and cheese biscuit. It's a fresh new taste for breakfast. McDonald's new bacon, egg and cheese biscuit. Try a free sample today. In the babysitting business, you need some tricks of the trade. See, kids always want this snack or that snack. But I know how fussy mothers are about those things. So I recommend raisins. Kids love them because they're sweet and chewy. Mothers like them because they're sweetened by the sun, not manufactured. I like them because they spare me a lot of headaches. We know raisins are natural, but kids just know what they like. So, give them raisins. Call them nature's candy. Raisins from California. Nature's candy. And now, back to the show. The film opens with a short quote from a David Bowie song called Changes. It says, And these children that you spit on, as they try to change their worlds, are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. This quote was suggested by Ali Sheedy. Hughes really liked the idea, and he would include it in the film. And he was very open, it seems, to input from the people in his film, be it when they're acting, ideas for lines. He seemed very collaborative. There is voiceovers in the film. The beginning narration is voiced by Anthony Michael Hall. 
At the end of the film, there's a different bit of narration. That one, while instigated by Anthony Michael Hall, just like the intro, also includes the other stars of the film chiming in when talking about what clique they belong to. So the film is supposed to take place on March 24th, 1984, where five students show up for an all-day detention at Shermer High School in Shermer, Illinois. They are Claire Standish, who's a bit of a princess, played by Molly Ringwald, Andrew Clark, the athlete, played by Emilio Estevez, Brian Johnson, who's the geek, played by Anthony Michael Hall, the outcast, Allison Reynolds, played by Ali Sheedy, and John Bender, played by Judd Nelson, who's on his way to becoming a criminal. We would have called him a burnout in my school. They all come together, and you would think they have nothing in common, but the thing they do have in common is that they're all different. They're all teenagers, and they're all growing up with relatable problems, pressures, things they can't control that feel overwhelming. All the time, they are being watched over by the assistant principal of the school, and occasionally, a wise janitor chimes in. So a little bit about this cast. Emilio Estevez plays Andrew Andy Clark. Estevez originally auditioned for the role of John Bender. John Hughes was unable to find someone to play Andrew Clark, so Estevez was asked to take the role. Estevez was born in 1962. He's the son of Charlie Sheen. He's an actor, director, part of the 1980s Brat Pack. He would star in St. Elmo's Fire, The Breakfast Club, The Outsiders, and of course The Mighty Ducks and Young Guns, among many other films. Anthony Michael Hall played Brian Ralph Johnson. Hall and Ringwald were in the 1984 John Hughes film, Sixteen Candles, and towards the end of filming, Hughes approached them and asked them to be in this movie. Hall was born in 1968. He's an actor, director, producer, probably most famous for his role in National Lampoon's Vacation, Sixteen Candles, and Weird Science. As he got older, he also got bigger, would star in movies like Johnny Be Good, Edward Scissorhands. He was also a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Not many people realize that. Judd Nelson played John Bender. Some other people were considered for the role of Bender, including Nicolas Cage, but the role would actually go to John Cusack. But then, according to some, the casting people really liked Nelson and were able to convince Hughes to cast Nelson. Nelson had a tendency to stay in character and would taunt Molly Ringwald off-camera. And it really bothered John Hughes, who I guess was being protective, and he had to be convinced not to fire Judd Nelson. Would have been a very different film, say, John Cusack. Some said he couldn't be menacing enough, but it would have been interesting for him to play that role. Judd Asher Nelson was born in 1959. Actor, screenwriter, you name it like everybody else. Probably best known for his work in St. Elmo's Fire and The Breakfast Club. He is also the voice of Hot Rod and Rodimus Prime in The Transformers. There's a very famous scene, which I mentioned earlier, where Bender puts his fist up in defiance. That actually wasn't in the script originally. This is something he just sort of came up with as he was supposed to walk away. People loved it. Glad they put it in. Molly Ringwald played Claire Standish. Ringwald was originally going to play Allison Reynolds, but she wanted to play Claire and eventually was able to convince the director and studio to give her the part. Other people who auditioned for the role of Claire include Laura Dern and Robin Wright. Molly Kathleen Ringwald was born in 1968. She's an actress, singer, dancer, writer. Her first big role, and if you listen to the show, you probably heard about it, was in the TV show The Facts of Life. But then she would be picked up by John Hughes and would star in Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, The Breakfast Club. Ali Sheedy played Allison Reynolds. Alexandra Elizabeth Ali Sheedy was born in 1962, another member of the Brat Pack probably best known for her work in Short Circuit, St. Elmo's Fire, The Breakfast Club, and of course, War Games. 
Now, the two people in this film who were not students were Paul Gleason as Richard Dick Vernon, the school assistant principal. Gleason was born in Jersey City, New Jersey, sadly passed away in 2006. Great character actor. You might remember him from movies like Die Hard and Trading Places. The school janitor was played by John Kapalos. Originally, though, the role was given to Rick Moranis, but Moranis left because of creative differences over the project, and Kapalos was cast. Kapalos is a Canadian actor, an alumnus of the Second City Chicago comedy troupe. He worked in three of John Hughes' films, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, and Sixteen Candles. He would be on TV shows like The X-Files, Seinfeld, and Home Improvement. This is an 80s film, and it's very popular, and one of the reasons it's popular is because of the soundtrack. It was released in 1985 and would peak at number 17 on the U.S. Billboard 200 album chart. The song Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds would actually reach number one on the U.S. Hot 100. Some of the tracks on the film include Don't You Forget About Me, We Are Not Alone, Didn't I Tell You, and Fire in the Twilight by Wang Chung. The film was released on February 15th of 1985. It had a budget of $1 million and would go on to make $51.5 million. When it debuted, it debuted in number three at the box office behind Beverly Hills Cop and Witness. After these messages, we'll be right back. How do you describe the clean, fresh feeling of a Tic Tac? It's a thrill, it's a chill, it's a bang, it's a boom, but it's the whack that makes it Tic Tac. It's a thrill, it's a chill, it's a bang, it's a boom, but it's the whack that makes it Tic Tac. Sure, Tic Tac gives you a clean, fresh feeling, but it's the whack that makes it Tic Tac. It's so fresh, it's so clean, I'm a mouth whack machine. <laughs> It's, uh, I, I... My brother's holding it for ransom. Aliens ransacked my room. My printer's down. You won't need excuses for losing your schoolwork with the Trapper Keeper because Trapper's special folders and pockets keep an amazing amount of work organized, secure, and right where you want it. It's on the spaceship to Pluto. The one and only Trapper, only from Mead. And now, back to the show. When I worked at a video store, the VHS copy of this was very popular. The film has been released in many formats since, including DVD. In 2010, they released it on Blu-ray. In March of this year, a 30th anniversary edition is on the horizon, and this one's supposed to be digitally remastered and restored from the original 35mm negatives. What would be really cool is if they were able to include the full director's cut of the film, because although there's a 97-minute release of the film, reputedly, when John Hughes finished it, it was a two-and-a-half-hour film, and a lot of those scenes were cut, obviously, and the negatives, unfortunately, destroyed. John Hughes once said in an interview, though, that he had a copy of the film on film even after all these years so maybe just maybe all these deleted scenes and the full breadth of the breakfast club could one day be on the screen again i would love to see it after seeing the film so many times it would be like seeing it again for the first time these scenes had more characters from the school and a lot more character development. A lot of the other characters' scenes were refilmed and replaced by the janitor Carl, who was only supposed to be a minor character who was kind of elevated by them editing out those other scenes. 
Originally, there was going to be more than one breakfast club. John Hughes thought it would be fun to return to the breakfast club every, say, 10 years, and you would see exactly what happened to these kids. Unfortunately, things didn't work out. Hughes didn't have a great relationship with the actors after this film, and this falling out was never fixed, and therefore we never got the Breakfast Club 2 or whatever they would have called it. Why would people nowadays enjoy The Breakfast Club? I believe it is because this is a timeless story of teenage angst and confusion. And although we continue to move forward in this world and we get new technology, new trends, some things just don't change and they are very relatable. So while a younger generation might look at this and see characters who don't carry cell phones or who might dress funny, but if they watch it and they listen to it, they'll see that these characters are just like them. Even though some of us never went to detention, there's a good chance that all of us would be at home in the Breakfast Club. And that's really what makes it so great. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it is we did wrong, but we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions, but what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case, a princess and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Don't you fist in the air. This has been a retrospective. Goodbye.